You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I can tell you one thing, Titans fans. I am made for football watching, and I cannot wait to watch this game on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. And in this Football Friday game preview episode, I am going to tell you exactly what the Titans need to do to go to 3-0 and over the weekend. Then I am going to tell you who the Titans are going to need the most to be able to secure that victory. In our second segment, we will dive even deeper, and I will tell you how the Titans are going to accomplish what they need to accomplish in their keys to the game to bring home that W. We will round out today's show going over fantasy, gambling, the injury report, and more. I am going to be bringing you guys Monday through Friday Titans content throughout the entire season. Monday, we always review the game, go through the keys to the game from Friday and see how they played out, then do our individual grades in everybody's favorite segment, Tighten Up, Tighten Down. Tuesday, it is our Tick Tack Tuesday, which includes my first film breakdown of the week, In our Titans Tic Tac 4-pack where I break down the four most impactful plays from Sunday's game. Wednesday is our Rewatch Wednesday where I go over all of my additional insights and analysis from my rewatches of the game. Thursday, we have Crossover Thursday, an excellent conversation with the host of the Opposing Locked On podcast. This week, it was Luke Braun from the Locked On Vikings. If you have not heard that yet, make sure you go back and check that out. An excellent and informative conversation between me and Luke. And as we are doing today, Friday will always be our Football Friday game preview where I break down everything you need to know going into Sunday's matchup. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream and follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans for those visual film breakdowns and additional analysis. But we have a Minnesota Vikings Week 3 clash to break down today on this Football Friday game preview Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. The first key to victory for the Tennessee Titans going against the Minnesota Vikings this weekend will be winning the time of possession battle. So far this year, the Vikings offense has only possessed the ball for 40 minutes total in the first two weeks, 18 minutes against the Green Bay Packers, and then 21 minutes against the Indianapolis Colts. The Titans offense needs to control the ball and not allow a sluggish Minnesota Vikings offense to get into any kind of rhythm that they haven't been able to establish 
accomplished so far this season. The second thing for the Tennessee Titans, the second key, will be be yourself. The Titans need to get Derrick Henry going in the ground game. So far this year, Derrick Henry is second in the NFL in rushing yards, but he has not been very efficient. The Titans as an offense are only averaging 3.7 yards per carry. That simply will not get it done. And over time, if that inefficiency continues, then teams will be less affected by the Titans play action, which is at the core of of their passing game. So the Titans need to get Derrick Henry going against the Minnesota Vikings defense that not only is incredibly banged up, but has been terrible against the run throughout the first two weeks of the season. So far this year, the Vikings have allowed 308 yards on the ground. That's over 150 yards in both of their games. That bodes well for the Titans run game that needs a little bit of a jump start after two weeks. The final key to victory for the Tennessee Titans will be on defense. They need to create third and long situations for the Vikings offense. Similarly to Ryan Tannehill, quarterback Kirk Cousins for the Vikings is best when he's working in bootlegs and rolling out and getting space outside of the pocket after a play action fake. Kirk Cousins does not have the strongest arm. He's not going to beat you down the field over and over. He is going to take what the defense gives him and a lot of the time, open receivers are schemed open by the offense that Kirk Cousins plays in. His talent alone is not going to be able to beat the Titans, so don't give Kirk Cousins any easy opportunities to make quick rhythm throws on third and short or third and medium. Put the Vikings offense in third and long where they have really struggled only converting on five of their 15 third down opportunities. So those will be the three keys for the Titans. Win the time of possession battle, be yourself on offense, and create third and long opportunities for the Vikings offense when the Titans are on defense. Who will help the Titans accomplish these things though? Let's look at the players to watch for the game. For the Titans, the number one player to watch who has possibly been their best player so far this season is tight end Jonu Smith. In week two, Colts backup tight end Mo Alley Cox went for five catches and 111 yards. Jonu Smith, who is clearly a more talented player, should be able to take advantage of those same situations. The Vikings are incredibly beat up at the linebacker group. They also play a ton of cover too, which leaves the middle of the field susceptible. I expect Jonu Smith to dominate over the middle for the Titans in the passing game. Second, the edges for the Titans, Jadavian Clowney and Harold Landry. The Vikings offense, similarly to the Titans offense, relies on wide zone runs and bootlegs from the quarterback. What is required of edge rushers in that situation is to keep contain on the outside. Don't let Kirk Cousins get outside of the contain player. Don't let Dalvin Cook take those wide zone runs break, contain, and get out down the sideline. That'll be key for the Titans' edge rushers to not only be effective in the pass rush, but in the run game, make sure that they are setting a firm edge and walling off the outsides forcing the Vikings quarterback and the Vikings running backs back inside to the help where you will find Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, and Rashawn Evans. The final player to watch is 
somewhat of a mystery. It is whoever is guarding Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen has 16 targets on the season. That is the most of any Viking skill position player by 10 targets. The closest person has six. So guard Adam Thielen, whoever is matched up with him, will have to be right in his hip pocket to not allow Kirk Cousins any easy completions to his favorite receiver. Like, I don't know how to stress this enough, really. Guard Adam Thielen. Just guard Adam Thielen. Think about the other options that the Vikings have. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith Jr., decent tight ends, but nothing that's really going to scare you or intimidate you from a matchup standpoint. B.C. Johnson, even Atajay Sharp, Justin Jefferson, none of these guys are outstanding players outside of Adam Thielen, and the Vikings force-feed him the ball non-stop over and over. The Titans must guard Adam Thielen, whoever is tasked with that assignment, whether it be Malcolm Butler, which I don't recommend, Christian Fulton, which I do recommend, Chris Jackson, Jonathan Joseph, doesn't matter. Either way, the Titans have to focus on Adam Thielen. That may be the most important key to the game for them, the most important player to watch going forward. We are going to dive into a deeper schematic breakdown of what I expect to see. I'm going to tell you exactly how I expect the Titans to accomplish these keys to the game. Before we do, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order, they call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at a local business. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be the official partner of the NFL. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place, all the time. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes, go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques, learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. Also, NFL Game Pass provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never sleeps. Let's dive even deeper from a schematic standpoint into this matchup with the Minnesota Vikings. Before we do, just a quick recap. 
my keys to the game. Win the time of possession battle. Be yourself on offense. Create third and long opportunities for the Vikings offense when the Titans are on defense. My players to watch. Jonu Smith going against the middle of that Vikings defense. Jadavian Clowney and Harold Landry keeping contain in the run game and against boot action. And then whoever is going to be matched up against Adam Thielen has to find a way to slow him down. Now, let's talk about how the Titans will be able to accomplish some of those things. So let's talk about the Titans' offense at first. First things first, the Titans have to run the ball. I mentioned in the first segment that winning the time of possession battle will be key. Well, the best way to do that is to control the ball and be able to run it down the Vikings' throat. The Vikings' interior defensive line, as Luke Braun told us yesterday on Crossover Thursday is not very talented, could possibly be, according to Luke, the worst interior defensive line in the NFL. The Titans have to take advantage of that. The Vikings are also incredibly beat up on defense, and not to mention that two of their top three cornerbacks on defense, even when they're healthy, are rookies. Rookies aren't going to want to tackle Derrick Henry, so the Titans have to be able to get things going in the ground game. That's also a part of being themselves on offense. How do they do that, though? Well, the Indianapolis Colts had major success in the ground game by running out of two tight end sets. So in this scenario, we're going to be looking at Jonu Smith. We're going to be looking at Michael Pruitt a lot of the time as Anthony Ferkser is more of a pass catcher. But you got Michael Pruitt, you got Jonu Smith. They have to do better against safeties and linebackers in the run game. So first, let me mention this. Like I mentioned, two tight end sets were incredibly effective for the Colts. They would have a tight end on either side they would motion a tight end over so that both tight ends were on the same side, and then they would either run that way or run the opposite way, but the Vikings' defense wasn't shifting to deal with that change and the change in numbers uh, in the run game at that point. They were just staying in their base alignment, staying in what they came out in. So if the Vikings are not going to adjust to motion, then the Titans have to continue that trend, motion the tight ends into the same side of the formation, and run all over this Minnesota Vikings defense. That should allow them to keep time of possession. One other thing that I want to pay attention to, and you guys should be paying attention to, is if the Titans use power runs. So the Titans are a zone run scheme, which as I've talked about, means that the offensive linemen don't have a man that they're assigned to block. They have an area that they are assigned to block. Now, they see the same fronts over and over. You practice different fronts, whether that's a five-man or a four-man front or a three-man front, whatever it happens to be. So obviously, they know what the most likely man is that they're going to have to block. But the concept of the offense is that you block a zone, not a man. So a power run is what you have probably were typically used to if you've been a football fan for over 20 years. I'm talking about down blocks, guards pulling, tackles pulling to the other side of the formation. So the Colts are a power run team, but boy, they had a ton of success with those power runs where the guard or the tackle would be pulling to the opposite side of the formation. And the reason for that is one way that you beat power blocking schemes, well, this is really the way you beat any run scheme, is you have interior penetration. And right now, the Vikings simply don't have the talent on the defensive line to create that penetration. So that gives guards and tackles time to pull around, time to kick around, and get the guy that they're supposed to get. The Titans... 
don't run power runs. So you may be asking yourself, why would I expect the Titans offense to mix in power run game when that's not what they do and, and don't show any sign of doing power run? Well, the reason I mention that is because in one of my plays in my Tic Tac 4-pack and something I mentioned on Rewatch Wednesday, the Titans did utilize power run philosophy for a play action fake in the red zone last week. That was on the Corey Davis touchdown in the back of the end zone. The Titans actually had Roger Saffold pull to the other side of the formation with a play-action fake to Derrick Henry. So if the Titans are willing to use power concepts in their play-action game, eventually they're going to have to run a few power runs to keep the defense honest and aware of that. So will the Titans mix in some power run? Be interesting to see, but the Colts had a ton of success on the ground against the Vikings, ran for 150 plus yards by using two tight end sets, motioning one tight end from one side of the formation to the other side to meet up with the other tight end, and then running the ball through the middle with power runs and pulls from their guard. So what will the Titans do in the run game? Probably, most likely, the majority of the time running their outside zone stuff, but I expect a lot of inside zone, and I expect possibly some power run mixed in from the Titans offense. We talked about that continuity all offseason. The Titans have continuity. They have continuity. Well, one of the ways that you can capitalize on that continuity is adding in extra wrinkles that may be outside of your schematic philosophy, and that is doing power runs. If the Titans could add in some power runs into their zone scheme just to throw defenses off, it could be very beneficial for them going forward, and that continuity continuity with the offensive line with the offense could allow them to do that so the Titans need to win the possession battle and they need to be themselves the way they're going to do that is using two tight end sets utilizing motion with those tight ends and possibly mixing in some power runs moving into the passing offense for the Titans the Vikings run a ton of cover two zone where they have their two stud safeties Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris they both are great they run two high safeties quite a bit because both of those guys are incredibly versatile but one area of the field two areas of the field that are going to be vulnerable in a cover two is the hole in between the safety and the cornerback on the sideline and then in the middle of those two safeties so that's why I expect Jonu Smith to have a big day he needs to attack the middle of that cover two zone and get openings down the middle also Ryan Tannehill is going to have to look to fit in some of those balls into the cover two hole in between the cornerback and the safety on the sideline. So that's something that the Titans are going to have to execute. They're going to have to use one other thing that I want to see them do is have streaks or seam routes from the slot or from the tight end position. And if you take a guy who's on the inside, like in the slot or a tight end like Jonu Smith, and you run them directly up the field, well, the safety that's running cover two is going to have to go with that guy so they don't beat him deep. Well, what you can do is you can sneak in a post right underneath that seam route, and in theory, the tight end or the slot receiver running the seam should clear out the safety, and as that post route breaks over the middle, the safety should be cleared out by that seam. So the Titans should be looking to get crossers or post in behind seam routes or streaks from the inside that will clear out the safeties in cover two. That's what I expect to see. Attack the middle of the field, attack the sideline hole, and run post behind a seam route from the slot. So that's what I want from the Titans offense. Moving into the Titans defense, it's actually pretty simple here on defense. 
as the Vikings haven't been able to get anything going on offense whatsoever. The Titans need to play zone coverage on third down. So what can happen is the the Vikings, if they get man coverage on third down, they can just look at Adam Thielen. The Titans don't have a cornerback on the roster right now that can cover Adam Thielen. So what I think they need to do is on third down, and hopefully they're in third down and long situations. Hopefully they are in those third down and long situations. And when they are in those third down and long situations, they can prevent the Vikings from converting by running zone coverage and making Kirk Cousins make a throw that can beat you. Have everybody's eyes on Kirk Cousins, watch what he's doing, and then have our players, the Titans, breaking on those passes. Cousins doesn't have an incredibly strong arm. He's not going to beat you down the field. So allow your defenders to play downhill with their eyes on the quarterback in third down situations. One of the ways that the Titans are going to be able to get the Vikings into third and long situations is by playing man coverage early. Similarly to Garner Minshew last week, we want to take away those quick rhythm throws for Kirk Cousins. A lot of the times in a West Coast scheme, you can scheme a wide receiver open with a quick pass on a slant, on a flat, on an in route. Well, the Vikings don't have a lot of guys at the skill position that are going to be able to win and get separation on their own. They're going to need that separation schemed up for them. And a lot of that separation that's schemed for them comes in the quick rhythm short passing game in this West Coast offense. So the Titans need to take that away like they did last week by playing press man early and then going to zone coverage late. One of the ways they get the Vikings in those third and longs outside of the passing game and in the running game is by keeping contained, like I mentioned earlier with Jadavian Clowney and Harold Landry, but also I want to see the Titans blitz the A-gaps. That's the interior gaps between the center and the guards. As Luke told us on the Crossover Thursday podcast, the Vikings, while having a soft interior defensive line, also have a very soft interior offensive line. They have more talent at the tackle positions than they do on the interior. The Titans need to take advantage of that by having their edges, Clowney, Landry, being very conservative on the outside. Clowney in the first two games, he's been doing that penetration style where he shoots inside a gap. I need Clowney to be more conservative against the Vikings to not allow Cubs to break contain with his bootlegs or allow Dalvin Cook to break contain on his wide zones. Be conservative on the outsides, but bring Rashawn Evans, Jayon Brown, Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byard, blitz them up the middle, challenge that Vikings soft interior offensive line, and then hopefully you're able to flush people outside to your conservative edges who are there setting the wall and making sure that they force everything back in. So that's what I expect to see and how I think the Titans can accomplish their keys to victory. I am going to come back and round out this Football Friday game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast by going into our My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy preview to give you guys my take on season-long and daily options for the Titans and then also get into keeping it plus 100, talk about all of the gambling numbers surrounding the Titans, and then we will also round out today's show by going over the most recent injury report for both teams. So we're going to round out everything you need to know about this game to cap off today's Locked on Titans podcast.
And speaking of keeping it plus 100 and all of the gambling information surrounding the Titans game, invest your intuition. Use promo code Locked On and double your first deposit at MyBookie. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season starts today only at MyBookie. Titans fans, let's cap off this week of the Locked on Titans podcast and cap off this Football Friday game preview talking about the injury report, fantasy, and gambling. And we will start taking a look at the injuries. And for the Titans, things are looking pretty rough. But going against the Minnesota Vikings this week, it is hard to complain. First, A.J. Brown still has not practiced and did not practice on Thursday with his bone bruise. I would not expect to see him suit up against the Vikings. Cornerback Malcolm Butler, who did not participate on Wednesday with a quad injury, was a limited participant on Thursday. Cornerback Chris Jackson with a hamstring injury didn't participate on Wednesday, but was also a limited participant in practice on Thursday. Right tackle Dennis Kelly didn't participate on Wednesday with an illness, but was a full participant on Thursday. Derek Roberson also with an illness did not practice on Wednesday and also did not practice on Thursday. Looks like the Titans will still be thin at the outside linebacker position, but one reinforcement that could finally see the field for the Titans is outside linebacker Vic Beasley, who is recovering from a knee injury, but was a full participant on Wednesday and on Thursday. Same with offensive lineman Jameel Douglas recovering from a hand injury, a full participant both days. And then in what is the most optimistic news, rookie running back Darrington Evans recovering from a hamstring injury was also a full participant in both practices on Wednesday and Thursday. And then the most pessimistic news of all is about cornerback Jonathan Joseph. The Titans are in a really bad spot at cornerback. Malcolm Butler and Chris Jackson already listed on this injury report. We know that Adoree Jackson is out as he is on IR for the first three weeks, but Jonathan Joseph, who injured his calf in the game on Sunday, was a full participant on Wednesday, but then did not practice on Thursday with an illness. So that's three different Tennessee Titans that are listed with illness, and we know it's not COVID-19 or they would be on the COVID-19 list, but very curious to wonder what's going on in the Tennessee Titans locker room. Taylor Lewan was listed with an illness last week as well at times. Is that just code for a maintenance day for a veteran, or is there something more concerning going on in Tennessee. We don't know at this time, but it's definitely something to watch. The last thing I want to tell you about the Titans injury scene is more unfortunate news. Reports have come out today, it is Thursday, that Adoree Jackson is most likely going to be on the shelf for another two to four weeks after he returns from the IR. So we're looking at 
Week 7, Week 8, it's possible at this moment in time that the Titans do not have a Dory Jackson until after their bye week in Week 7. Hopefully he would be able to return for a Week 8 matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, but not good news for a Titans secondary that hasn't performed very well and is already very banged up. Expect to see more snaps for Christian Fulton than ever before as he's healthy, quite frankly, and then Ty Smith, who's had a lot of experience with the Titans in their secondary, even though he is mostly a practice squad end of the depth chart player. Moving into the Minnesota Vikings, so the Vikings are just in a very, very difficult place on offense and on defense at this moment in time. Cam Dantzler, their rookie starting cornerback, did not practice either day, Wednesday or Thursday. Their rookie linebacker, Troy Dye, who is a starter for the Vikings at this time, was placed on IR on Thursday with a foot injury. Their other starting cornerback, Mike Hughes, also did not practice Wednesday or Thursday with a neck injury. Backup running back Mike Boone had a concussion, but was a limited participant on Thursday. And then, more big news, starting tackle Riley Reef, the Vikings' left tackle, has an ankle injury, but he was a limited participant in both practices Wednesday and Thursday. In my opinion, that means that Reef will be able to go. And then finally, another cornerback for the Vikings, Chris Boyd, has a hamstring injury that he got in practice on Wednesday. He was a limited participant in practice on Thursday. So the Vikings have cluster injuries in their secondary as well. They already have Daniil Hunter on IR until after week three. So the Vikings defense is incredibly banged up. The Vikings as a team are incredibly banged up, but the Titans are as well. So that's something to watch going forward, but the injuries seem to cancel each other out in a way so the Titans need to still go in not have any excuses and win a game on the road against the Vikings and the Titans have an incredibly difficult schedule coming up with the Steelers, the Bills and then the Texans. The Titans cannot afford to lose this game against the Vikings. So let's dive into keeping it plus 100 and talk about the gambling information surrounding the Titans matchup against the Vikings. Right now, the Titans are two and a half point favorites. I'm betting that. That gives you field goal leeway. The Titans can win by a field goal and still cover. So I'm going to take the Titans. I love the Titans at two and a half against the Vikings, especially with all the injuries they have and how hot Ryan Tannehill is at this moment in time, plus the struggles the Vikings defense has had against the run. you got to think that Derrick Henry gets on track. Tannehill is already on fire. The Titans should be able to win this game by three points or more. As for the over-under, 49.5, the Vikings offense has not really been very explosive in last week's game against the Colts. I think that the Titans game will be closer to the Colts game than it will be the Packers game for the Vikings offense. So therefore, I'm going to take the under on the 49 and a half, thinking a final score of 24 to 17 for the Titans in a victory over the Vikings. So I would take the Titans at minus two and a half. I would take the under at 49 and a half. If I could, I'd tease the Titans up and give the Titans some points, and then I would tease up the score and still take the under. Let's move into my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview. 
Taking a look at season-long fantasy, you're starting Derrick Henry. Still, he's been an effective fantasy player for you, even though he hasn't gone off technically looking at his actual stats. So you're playing Derrick Henry in season-long. I love Ryan Tannehill in season-long if you're streaming a quarterback, some of the Better options that you thought you might have aren't necessarily panning out like a Deshaun Watson. I'd much rather have Ryan Tannehill against the Vikings than Deshaun Watson against the Steelers. So I like Tannehill as a streamer in season long. You're playing Derrick Henry. I wouldn't feel too confident with any of the receivers. Tannehill really spreads it around. But the one option that I know I'm going to play in my season long leagues is Jonu Smith. He is a a plug and play start it start set and forget about it. Jonu Smith is a tight end one going forward for season long fantasy. Taking a look at daily fantasy options, like I mentioned for season long, I love Ryan Tannehill on DraftKings. He is the 14th most expensive quarterback. I love that value there. Actually. He's dropped back to the 18th most expensive quarterback at only 5,900. Plug Ryan Tannehill into your daily fantasy lineups and then stack him with Jonu Smith, who is still only the ninth most expensive tight end at 5,200. Absolutely outrageous and awesome stack there for the Titans for your daily fantasy lineups. And then if I had to pick one wide receiver, I'm taking Adam Humphreys at 3,900. Corey Davis is at 5,200. He was in the 4,000s last week. So Corey Davis's value in daily fantasy has taken a major hit because of his cost. I like Adam Humphreys at 3,900, especially considering that the Vikings run a ton of cover two, which means that Adam Humphreys will have a great opportunity to sit down in the holes of the zone and take advantage of that Vikings defense. So that's what I like from a fantasy perspective. But that's going to do it for this Football Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, a game preview edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. I am bringing you guys Monday through Friday Titans content throughout the entire year. Monday, we will have our game recap, and we will have everyone's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down, where I go over individual performances from the game. Tuesday, Tic Tac Tuesday, I will be discussing and dropping on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans, my Tic Tac 4-pack, breaking down the four most impactful plays from Sunday. Wednesday is Rewatch Wednesday, where I give you all of my additional news, notes, and analysis around my rewatches of the Titans game on NFL Game Pass. Thursday is Crossover Thursday, where we get in-depth coverage from someone on the ground from an opposing locked-on podcast. This week it was Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. If you didn't hear that conversation, make sure you check that out. And as we do every Friday on a Football Friday, I'll be bringing you guys my game preview with my keys to the game, players to watch, schematic deep dive, Keep it at plus 100 for all the gambling information, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy preview for all your fantasy information, and the most recent injury report for both teams. So a big time week on the Locked on Titans podcast. Hope you guys enjoy. Ready to get back into it next week, hopefully after a Titans win over the Minnesota Vikings. 24 to 17. But that is going to do it for me today. That is going to do it for me for this week. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.